It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. Thank you for joining us for today's show on the march forward of totalitarianism inexorably. In other words, impeachment in America. But before we get into that, speaking of great tragedies, the coronavirus also marches forward in the world this week. The number of deaths from this virus coming out of China has now passed 300. The number of the places where people are infected and dying has now gone outside of China. And the number of infected overall has passed 14,000. All terrible things. Wait, what? Oh, Oh my God, I left out the most important thing. The stock market has gone down as a result. Oh my God, people dying is one thing, but if the stock market goes down, we've got a real tragedy here. This is a reminder, the coronavirus and what's happening, the importance of leadership, quality leadership, the value of government, uh, long-sighted, considerate government. It is a reminder that the opposite is what we have in the United States of America. Our fearless leader, Donald Trump, we are reminded, slashed funding for CDC and programs that combat lethal pandemics like this. He has already slashed CDC funding and funding for all of this, and he plans to slash a whole lot more. Not that you'll be hearing about any of that anytime soon. This is also a reminder as I look at this. I think about the fact that people are scared, horrified, there are global quarantines. This is what happens when pandemics start to break out. Hopefully this will be contained. But as I look at this, I can't help but be reminded that this is our plan for dealing with the destruction of the planet through climate change, population, etc. This is our plan. We are counting on global pandemics to thin out the herd, so to speak, for us. Global pandemics and, of course, wars. Maybe it's one thing to sort of say, we're just going to leave it up to the fates to save the planet. But when we start to actually get in the midst of this and see the human suffering that can be caused, maybe some of us think, maybe there could be a better way. Okay, speaking of better way, that brings us to our topic for the week. Our topic, impeachment and... Anyone who's been listening to the show knows that I am not the slightest bit surprised by what has transpired, by the fact that as I go to air with this, uh, we are a couple of days away from the Republicans finalizing sweeping this under the rug. We've already had them head off any effort to actually have a trial with evidence and witnesses. That's where we stand. I've been arguing for weeks that this is what's going on, that this is clearly what's going to happen. It's not even I've been arguing. The Republicans have come right out and said, this is what they're going to do. They have no interest in a fair trial. They're going to cover up for the president of the United States. So not at all surprised and yet shocked. Maybe like Captain Renault, shocked, shocked to find that there's gambling at Rick's Cafe. Sorry for that 
Nazi reference, sort of, for the, for the for the uninitiated listener. That was a reference to Casablanca, from which we get the whole concept that saying you are shocked, shocked, means that you're not at all surprised because of the famous line from that movie. But the Nazi reference in this case is scarily apt. And I really want to focus on this because we are not scared enough. I've been on air now for almost three years we've had Forward Nation Radio. And from the very beginning, I've been arguing that we need to be scared and we do not, we are not scared enough. We do not get scared enough. I think what is happening to this country is happening right underneath our noses and we still are just inclined to not believe that the worst could possibly happen. I'm sure no different than the German citizens in the 1930s who couldn't believe that it could, they could actually install someone as evil as Hitler into power. We are not scared enough because the parallels here are absolutely horrifying. There is a reason that American Nazis, Nazis around the world, support this criminal organization calling itself the Republican Party. There is a reason that they are engaging in rallies and have been from the election of Donald Trump or from his announcing his candidacy, rallies in support of him. Because they are kindred spirits. Because they understand They're alike. They see the similarities. And that is the path this country is going down. We're going down the path of totalitarianism. And that never ends well. The similarities, again, we need to keep pointing this out. I still talk to people like, oh, this is America. This doesn't happen here. No, this is America. This hasn't quite happened here yet. This is really scary. For the longest time, for three years, I've been arguing that the solace that we could take is the absolute incompetence, the stupidity, the buffoonishness and clownishness of Donald Trump and his party. I'm not so sure that I could take solace anymore from this because it turns out that no matter how buffoonish and how clownish they are, They managed to keep consolidating more and more power for themselves and moving more and more down the path of totalitarianism. Are they all totalitarians? Am I saying that the whole criminal organization is totalitarians? The whole criminal organization doesn't need to be totalitarians. The whole criminal organization just needs to let it happen around them. Last week, I talked about the famous picture of tobacco company executives standing up in front of the Senate with their right hands raised, about to perjure themselves, about how tobacco companies were killing. It turns out now more human beings than Stalin killed. More human beings than Hitler killed. And they were lying about it in front of the United States Senate. And I made that comparison to the Republican Party today, that criminal organization. Well, maybe the apt picture now coming to mind It's not just those tobacco company executives. It's that famous picture of the three monkeys. One with its hands over its eyes, one with its hands over its ears, and one with its hands over its mouth. I see nothing. I know nothing. I do nothing. Here's another Nazi reference. Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. This is now the best of the Republican Party can say, I'm not Hitler. I'm Sergeant Schultz. The... Senate trial has been a mockery from the very beginning. 
And I, I, I think one of the things, just to just to start, if you go a little bit onto a tangent, they start each session with a prayer. I think I didn't watch the beginning of each session, but every session I saw open up began with a prayer. And the ones I stayed on long enough to listen to that garbage, a prayer to Jesus. I'm looking at this and I'm going, this is the United States Senate. This is okay that they start their sessions with a prayer to Jesus. By the way, we recently heard from Jesus who said, give me a fucking break. How come every time some asshole wants to do some evil, they blame it on me? I wash my feet of this. I have nothing to do with this. Don't blame this on me. But the chutzpah, not to mention the breakdown of the wall, so-called wall between church and state, the chutzpahs to start this shit with a prayer while you are leading this country down to totalitarianism, shredding the Constitution, laws, morals, and decency, you start with a prayer? And then you move on to the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag that I am about to fucking rip into shreds? Are you kidding me? This is pathetic. This is the worst kind of comedy of the absurd. So we can't be at all surprised by one of the greatest cover-ups in United States history. And yet, it's somewhat shocking nonetheless. Maybe because the last-minute revelations were so stunning. Maybe because for a few moments, those of us who just, like most of us, can't imagine things are as bad as they actually are, were hoping that things possibly would be so blatant that the Republicans, some of them, three of them, four of them, would have to come along and, and do the right thing. The Bolton revelations of the week, of course, I, you've all heard this. Donald Trump's former national security advisor, one of four that he's had, has gone through. National security advisor, of course, has leaked what is supposed to be his upcoming book, saying basically that everything the president is saying in his defense is a lie and everything that that the Democrats are alleging impeachment is absolutely true. That the president did this, he leveraged uh, funding for Ukraine, military aid for Ukraine, our allies our supposed ally of the Trump administration uh, to try to help them, to, to get them to help him win a presidential election. He came out and said it to lots of people. We got the week, the video put out by Lev Parnas's lawyer, the video with Trump saying, this is, this is to absolute thugs, the lowest thugs, the president of the United States saying, get her out, get rid of her. Speaking of the ambassador to Ukraine, Yovanovitch, more on this later. With, with polls showing that three quarters of Americans, 75%, 75% of Americans who can't agree on anything, agreed that, that the Senate needed to hear witnesses. So for a few moments, it gave even the greatest cynics among us maybe some reason to hope that this wouldn't be as bad as we've been led all along to believe and know it was going to be. And then after all that, in the face of everything, all the evidence, to just have Republicans refuse to even call a witness, to just bury the thing under a rug in the Senate, 
going to be lumpy rugs in the Senate from now on with all that they've just buried under them. All this, they managed to cover this up. Reminding us that this open and shut case that has been made against the President of the United States, why he needs to be thrown out of office, an open and shut case is only open and shut if you open it. If you never open it in the first place, it's not open and shut. It's just nothing. It's just shut. That's where we are. We had the remarkable instance this week of a United States senator, Republican senator, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, coming out and saying, I have come to the conclusion that there will be no fair trial in the Senate. Well, it took you long enough, Lisa. (laughs) That's why you're a Republican, I guess, because you're fucking slow. I don't, she continues, I don't believe the continuation of this process will change anything. It is sad for me to admit that, as an institution, the Congress has failed. Pretty disheartening, yet powerful words from a United States Senator. A United States Senator who voted to prevent witnesses from appearing. (laughs) This is awful. I'm really upset about this. I am really, really just so disheartened by where the Senate has fallen with me driving. But here's, here's the thing. It is sad for me to admit that as an institution, the Congress has failed. With all due respect, you worthless piece of shit. Congress hasn't failed. Don't blame Congress for this. This is the Republican Senate. This is your criminal organization has failed so spectacularly. Don't give yourself an out, you worthless piece of shit. That's what the next several years is for, for you. To try to weasel your way out of this. No, in fact, when it came to Congress, another reminder, what an incredible job the Democrats did. That you have Republican partisans coming out and saying, well, of course he did it. Speaking just for one, Lamar Alexander. Retiring the senator from Tennessee, the fact that he was retiring gave some people reason to hope that he would show the slightest ounce of integrity since he didn't have to run for re-election again, get voted on by Trump-supporting fucking morons. But as I've been saying for a long time, that's wishful thinking for people. Lamar Alexander still hopes to never have to work a day in his life and still hopes that nobody in his family will ever have to work a day in his life. And that means remaining in the good graces of the Republican criminal organization. They can all get jobs at Fox News now. And they're ilk. And Lamar Alexander, who voted against hearing from witnesses, did say that the Democrats proved their case. For those who out there, that's most of us who've been trained to do this, who just dismiss government employees as incompetence and all the same, it is remarkable what a job the House impeachment managers did. It is remarkable what is possible when good governments actually happen. Adam Schiff has really made a name for himself. Can his run for the presidency be too far off into the future? By telling Americans, by by not only presenting an airtight case that the president of the United States is a criminal and needs to be thrown out of office, but by pointing out over and over again what is at stake in this country, how much we are about to lose because of what we have just, just done in this impeachment battle. It must have been tough 
to listen to Adam Schiff and the other Democrats present the case for how spectacularly they were undermining 200-something years of U.S. history and going against their stated oaths undermining this country. It must have been really tough for those senators in the chambers who were actually listening. And I'd be talking to you right now, Rand Paul, except (laughs) you're not even listening when you're in the Senate during an impeachment trial. You're sure as fuck not listening to anything else. The, the, the unbelievable contempt that they demonstrate for this country. Rand Paul sitting there doing crossword puzzles, not listening as the case was put on. Other Republicans reading books, doodling, while the House was presenting evidence that their cult leader was a criminal and needed to be thrown out of office. And just like the pictures of the three monkeys... Them standing there with their hands on their ears, their hands over their eyes. If only they'd also keep their hands over their mouths. Certainly nothing's going to shut Rand Paul up. That worthless piece of shit is going to keep talking and talking and talking and never, ever, ever saying anything. Unfortunately for the House Democrats, their appeals to decency, their appeals to the Constitution were being made to the wrong people. They're being made to Republican senators who didn't give a crap. Yes, they were being made to the American public as well, and I will discuss this issue before we end today's show, but let's just hope that any appeals at this point to the American public can have any meaning whatsoever. I worry that they will not by the time we have our next election. As great as the House was sitting through this, what an absolute embarrassment it was to watch Trump lawyers go up one after another and truly embarrass themselves. Jay Sekulow demonstrating once again the kind of ego, the kind of intellect that it takes to be not only a spectacularly pitiful lawyer, but the kind of intellect that becomes a Jew for Jesus. And then Alan Dershowitz (sighs) reminding us What the fuck is wrong with Alan Dershowitz? A man whose tendency for self-promotion, his willingness to be a self-promoting clown who believes in nothing was really on full display. Tried to promote himself as a constitutional scholar when in fact he was a paid whore. A paid advocate for Donald Trump saying whatever the fuck he was paid to say. The idea would go down in history that this so-called constitutional scholar says that anything a president does to secure his re-election is in the national interest, and as long as he believes that, then he could pretty much do anything. This is the kind of intellect that can twist yourselves into pretzels believing whatever you need to believe. The kind of intellect that might justify, I don't know, just as a hypothetical, fucking little girls if you're over at the house of your friend who traffics in underage girls. You know, just the kind of intellect that might do that. Not saying that he did. And then, of course, is Trump's lead White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, who seriously needs to be disbarred. A man who violated maybe the most fundamental rule of being a lawyer, which is you cannot put on false evidence. You cannot present evidence you know to be a lie. And he did that. And he did that over and over again. Does the Bar Association anywhere Have any integrity left? Do they take this fucking asshole's law license for lying to Congress and the American people? 
For the Republican criminal organization, just absolute shame. A disgrace. Unfortunately, of course, these are, these are so-called people who clearly do not have the ability to feel shame. You don't understand the concept of feeling shame. You have to have morals. You have to have a conscience. You have to have decency to understand feeling shame. And it doesn't seem to be any of them who manages to do that. Profiles in, well, lack of courage? No, not courage. It's lack of conscience. Yes, Lisa Murkowski, who can want to have it both ways and say, this is awful, but I'm doing my part to make sure that it is. The Susan Collinses and the Rob Portmans, the what passes for a so-called moderate in the Republican Party today. Oh, and I know Susan Collins of Maine was one of the two Republicans who actually voted to allow witnesses. But don't be fooled by this. She's mishave it both ways. She's always been mishave it both ways. She was allowed to vote in favor of witnesses because the Republicans got everybody else in line other than Mitt Romney. You can bet that if the Republicans needed her vote, if Lisa Murkowski had said, I don't care, I am voting for witnesses, Susan Collins would have done what she was told to do. She would have been the the poodle that she always manages to be when the chips are down. This is what passes for sterner stuff in the Republican Party. This is what passes for stuff that normally occupies our sewers. That's what the Republican Party is. It is obvious why the GOP and its supporters such as they are, want to lump all politicians and public servants together. They're all the same. It's obvious because they've got the bottom of the barrel. They have got the absolute sewer trash. The other side is often made up of people, as we saw with the house managers and others, who actually are damn good public servants and damn good at their jobs and damn smart people. Nothing right now of that exists in the Republican Party in political office. What was remarkable beyond just what happened was how little effort they made to make it look like they actually cared, like they were going to go through the motions, despite the Pledge of Allegiance every day. There were no defenses. There were no counterarguments. There was the excuse of the moment. There was whatever was playing at that point in your local cineplex. Half the time, their excuses, their rationales, their public justifications, if they had to even utter them, for, for voting to acquit a man who was so obviously guilty and deserves to be nowhere near the presidency, conflicted with each other, conflicted with their own rationales or basic common sense. They argued that the Democrats didn't prove their case. Or maybe they did prove their case, but so what? Forget what we said last week. Forget what we argued before about impeachment and how it should work. Ken Starr, Lindsey Graham, others who had no problem with completely reversing everything they said the last time when the shoe was on the other foot, so to speak. The so-called defenses were laughable. Nothing new. We've talked about this a lot of times before. Nothing new here with the argument that there's nothing new here. Again, nothing new here while they're in the midst of a cover-up to make sure that there's nothing new and they can actually say that out loud because their supporters will actually buy this garbage. Talking about human trash. How much was new, of course, was absolutely remarkable in the last couple of weeks. The Bolton book, as I already mentioned, So sure, he completely 
undermined every reasonable defense that the president was throwing out there. He completely undermined the president's factual argument that he didn't actually do it. That's okay. The GOP just dismisses him like they dismiss everyone who presents contrary evidence or facts as not trustworthy. Trump denied it all in tweets, which is the only way the Republican Party can testify. Remember, of course, as we hear about them argue that John Bolton is not trustworthy. They were the ones who said, let's not put him under oath. Remember why the president, who should have been called upon to testify, could not be called upon to testify because all the Republicans have admitted that if he were ever put under oath, he would commit perjury. We know it. But that doesn't change. The bullshit they throw out there for the consumption of their Fox News viewing morons the recording from Lev Parnas's lawyer, just the latest? Donald Trump supposedly in a conversation report with a guy he doesn't know. Who says, get rid of her? Get her out tomorrow? Take her out? Okay, do it? That's a quote. That's what the President of the United States said to a common thug. Get rid of her. If, if this is what he's saying to people he doesn't know, who are thugs? What's he saying to people he does know? Like, you know, the guests at Mar-a-Lago, whom he usually bounces national policy off of. Also new this week, again, is just the extent of the cover-up. More evidence at just how much our government failed to produce. How much the our institutions, which we're supposedly taking our hats off to because they're not corrupted, just how corrupted they are. Office of Management and, Bu- and Budget, CIA, Defense Department, how much they were all taking the president's offer uh, orders to push this cover up. Instead, we have Republicans who just lash out when you've got nothing to argue, no law, no facts, no anything. You just lash out. Here they lash out at decency. They escalate their war on the press, for instance. That's been a little new this week. The stuff with the Secretary of the United Secretary of State of the United States, Mike Pompeo, getting schooled by NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly. You've heard, of course, about the swearing, the challenging her to find Ukraine on a map, and her actually being able to find Ukraine on a map. He calls her into his office, a reporter asking reasonable questions, respectful questions, and swears at her, the Secretary of State of the United States. Let's ignore for a moment, in the midst of the Me Too movement, this male chauvinist pig, brainless piece of shit with a female reporter. I wonder if the sexes of the two people involved had anything to do with this. What was remarkable is... When you read a transcript of the interview that she had had with him, the evasion, the cluelessness of the Secretary of State of the United States. She interviewed the Secretary of State of the United States and the Foreign Minister of Iran, and when you look at the interview notes of the two, one of them comes across a hell of a lot better than the other one, and it is not the Secretary of State of the United States. We are making the Foreign Minister of Iran look good. That's how low these people are. But then he challenged her to find Ukraine on a map. 
Maybe you could find your brain on a map, you Pompeius ass. He then proceeded to double down. This is another example of how unhinged the media has become in its quest to hurt President Trump by, you know, asking a question. That last part I added on my own. It is worth noting, he pointed out after, after the interview, that Bangladesh is not Ukraine, seeming to indicate that Mary Louise Kelly hadn't found Ukraine on a map, which we know that she did. Not that she's the one being tested here. It is, we think that that's arrogance and that's lying, the Secretary of State trying to make it, make just drag her through the mud, this reporter through the mud, to lie to besmirch her reputation. But of course, the other possibility is just as real, which is the Secretary of State of the United States, this Pompeius ass moron, doesn't know the difference between Bangladesh and Ukraine. We could believe it, because this is the Trump administration. This is Mike Pompeo, the guy who, remember, has designs on the presidency after Trump. It's, it's, it's beyond Orwellian. It's, it's, it's beyond insanity. But as we hear this, oh, they're picking on us, Excuse, we're reminded again of the true Trump defense strategy, which is, of course, to climb up on the cross. Oh, woe is us. We are being crucified by people who might actually ask us questions. Martha McSally, one of the, the, the Republican senator in Arizona, one of the two senators in Arizona, the Republican one, showed her colors. You heard this, of course, this week by again responding to a perfectly reasonable question by screaming at the reporter and calling her a, a, a liberal flack. Okay? Martha McSally going on the offensive, attacking the press. Now, Martha McSally is a reminder. How did she get to the United States Senate? She lost her election a few years ago. I think 2016 she was up. She lost her election. Maybe it was 2018. She lost the election. And then subsequently, John McCain died. So the Republican governor of Arizona got to name, install this loser to the other Senate position in Arizona. Now, you, now you might think that normal people under these circumstances might show a little bit of humility, given the fact that she didn't even earn her Senate seat. She kissed somebody's ass for it. But of course, therein lies the rub. She's in there despite the voters. And therefore, she's in there to spite the voters. Her loyalty is not to the voters who did not put her into the Senate. Her loyalty is to the Republican criminal organization that did. This is part of the larger GOP war on decency on reality, on oversight, on the Constitution, on anything that holds this country together. It is why the GOP happily supports Donald Trump, because his war on all these other things, despite his peccadilloes, is what they're all about. It is why this country may very well not survive this administration and this criminal organization. I'm hearing from a lot of people that maybe it's not so bad that this went the way it went down, that this is going to come back to haunt the Republican Party, that news is going to come out for the next 10 months, 9 months, whatever it is, 
about just how criminal the president of the United States was and just how big the cover-up was. Maybe I'm losing my hopefulness, whatever was there to begin with. I don't expect a whole lot. What we're going to see over the next nine months is not just a steady stream of truth, but an even steadier stream of absolute lies coming from the other side. Stuff coming out. We talked about what's going to happen when the Bolton book is published. Well, let's be clear. None of this is going to appear in the Bolton book. The Bolton book needs to go for for classification review to the to what national security agency somewhere. Does anybody really have hopes that Trump's agency is not just going to call all of this classified? Yes, other stuff will leak out, but that will be going up against Fox News and all the lies being told by Republicans and the natural attention span of the American voter. Three quarters of whom wanted witnesses. Three quarters of whom we are to believe and hope will make the Republicans suffer in the 2020 elections for going against them. I hope. But it's once again showing faith in the United States public that frankly has rarely justified shows of faith in it. We ask how could a political party so blatantly and obviously sell its soul and hope to win the next election? Lie, 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 lie. And of course, remember, it is a cult. The Republican Party and its base are basically cultists. And one thing about cultists, we're seeing it again. If you go up against our leader with facts, we will choose our leader. And we will be happy to ignore all the facts. That, compared to all the, along with all the Republicans are going to do to suppress votes, gives one reason to question just how much of a reckoning there's going to be for the Republican Party on this one. Besides, what will be the price to pay for Republicans? Even if the Democrats win, some of the Republicans are going to lose their seats, and that'll be bad. But if the Democrats win, history tells us, the Democrats are just going to have to come in and fix everything that the Republicans screwed up anyway, because that's always what they do. Republicans take power, they screw up the country, they make huge budget deficits, wink, wink, we're in the midst of that one. The Democrats come in and fix it. Well, the Republicans have riven this country apart. And if the Democrats manage to win big in 2020 and take back the reins of power, all of the calls throughout this country, including in most of the Democratic Party, will be, the first thing you need to do is bring this country back together. You need to reach out to this criminal scum. You need to not be partisan. In other words, the Republicans just get worse and worse and worse, and the Democrats will choose the middle. The Democrats will be called upon to play fair. And they will do it. And the Republicans will continue to be rewarded for going further and further insane. And once again, the Overton window will be moved to the right. What was insane will be a little less insane this week. What was normal will now be portrayed as socialism. Cheaters win 
That's been the message of this country for most of my lifetime. People who are willing to split the baby in half win. People with no morals. People who are willing to get lower and dirtier and sleazier win. Just like within a few days from now, Donald Trump will win in his impeachment in the United States Senate. The 2020 election will be stolen full speed ahead to the extent that they can do it, as many as they can. As if it wasn't ugly before, the Republican voter suppression that has given them political office in many parts of this country will get uglier and uglier because the lesson now is there is nothing that we can't blatantly and publicly do and not get away with. There are no restraints on this criminal organization anymore. The lies will be beyond belief. Ritz Scott, the Republican senator in uh, Florida, who has his seat because of voter suppression, had his governor's seat before that because of voter suppression, he's already running an ad in Iowa, almost certainly in violation of our campaign financing laws to support Donald Trump. He's not running for anything in Iowa as Rick Scott. But he's flat out lying to the American public about the Bidens and what we know and what we don't. Just flat out lying. There will be billions of dollars of TV commercials that will flat out lie. I talked about the coronavirus to start this show. We will be seeing millions or more dollars of TV commercials that will talk about how Donald Trump saved us from this world pandemic. How his decisions as president he will leave out the, the drastic slashing of, of funds to the CDC. And all this lying, remember, all this cheating will be done with the help of Russia, who will keep going on Facebook and social media and paying as the chaos agent in this country to keep Donald Trump as president of the United States to destroy this country. To, to give you an idea again what's going on here, Donald Trump has been picking fights with Iran, of course. We may yet, at some point soon, be going to war with Iran. Imagine if a Democratic presidential candidate came out and said, come on, Iran. He unilaterally withdrew from the agreement, the nuclear agreement that we had. He unilaterally reimposed sanctions. You hate the son of a bitch. He's a lying piece of shit. Come on, help us with the election. Come on, Iran, help us. Could you imagine what would happen in this country if a Democrat even whispered a hint of such a thing. Because the two parties don't play by the same rules. They don't speak to the same people. The voter suppression around this country, as I mentioned, will be awful leading up to the 2020 election. They will steal elections all across this country. And then, of course, you've got the built-in advantages and travesties of our electoral system, of our so-called democracy that we've been talking about on this show since I started. The tragedy of the Electoral College. The tragedy of the Senate, which allows a minority criminal organization to continue to win the presidency despite losing elections among voters they cannot suppress. And who continues to control the Senate. Latest Census news coming out by 2040, not that long from now, may seem long, it's not that long in in political era speak. By 2040, it is expected that over 50% of the U.S. population will be represented 
by 30 U.S. senators. The fact that we have a so-called political party, criminal organization, with absolutely no integrity, no interest in constitutional democracy or the good of this country or the people in it, interested only in its own power. The fact that we have such a political party as one of our two political parties is scary. The fact that that party also has control over the means of democracy is the stuff of nightmares. And that is what we have in this country. When do they start the pogroms? Scary notion? Be very, very afraid. Overwrought? Never again means something to me. I believe that never again means something. And I have never in my lifetime come anywhere near believing the idea that this country should so emulate early Nazi Germany that we could be going down that path. If somehow we can overcome all of this to win a bare majority of the U.S. Senate and U.S. House and the presidency in 2020, if we can overcome all the deck stacked against us, all the cheating, a reminder, Democrats cannot throw in the olive branch. Democrats cannot be the party that fights fair and looks to bring this country together. Democrats need to kick some ass. Precedent? There needs to be consequences for what's been going on with the Republicans continue to do to this country. The only way this ends well for this country is truly with a revolution. And maybe that's just even more to be scared about. Anyway, have a wonderful couple of weeks, everybody. Try to leave on a nice note here. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 